It's the Tiltcast, episode 565, Mind Palace. And this week, guys, we talk Lord of the Rings, Return to Moria, Starfield, and Alan Wake 2. Stay tuned. And we're back. Woohoo! It is the Tiltcast. It is November 5th at about 1 o'clock p.m. Central Time at a balmy 78 degrees in November. I'm Nos. I'm Jason. There's no Rusty. With the two of us, you're going to get about 30 minutes of bullshit. Bullshit. Some games and some news. Uh, my ru- voice is a little raspy. Um, I sound like my balls got bigger. That's an animated yeah. show. <laughs> uh, yeah, good thing to put the reminder after. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I think I can say balls, right? Because they could be any kind of balls. Um, now I've been, I've been sick for literally a week, and then now my voice is just still recovering because I have uh, slept four hours a night since Saturday last week. Right after we re- finished recording last week, I told, <coughs> see, I told you that I, my voice was getting scratchy and I knew something was about to go up, go down. And then I got a fever of 101 for like four days and uh, coughed my brains out for days and days and days and days and days. Um, and have been in delirium. At least I work from home. I've been doing all of my meetings with my camera off. Been giving my notes to other people to lead meetings. Um, just been floating through work the best I can because I don't want to take a sick day and I could don't want to get behind. Um, I have played some video games. Um, and then I had a lot of photos to do this weekend and I had a tattoo that was healing at the same time. So it's just been a, a wonderful week. Um, so, but yeah, like last night I took about 1900 photos, um, for several different bands and two promo shoots. And then this morning on the day of daylight savings time, uh, I had family photos with you, Jason at, uh, nine o'clock in the morning. So it's been a, it's been a busy week, if not a very coherent week. If not a very coherent week, yeah. You uh, you got your Game Pass uh, re-up, didn't you? I did. I've been... I've got eight hours into Starfield. Which means I barely started. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, uh... Like, as far as my first trip to New Atlantis and then Mars after that, that's pretty much as far as I've gotten currently on Mars. So you at least got through that. That game starts off slow. Let's just be honest. Um, That game starts off very slow. You start off mining and it shows you how to use your mining laser. And then it gets you in a little bitty fight and gives you a ship. And then it kind of releases you into the wild. Did you go to Constellation? Yep. And then, so they sent you on a mission to Mars? Yep. 
There's a lot of missions on Mars, by the way. I figured as much. Yeah, and then, of course, that first mission that gives you Mars, it's like, immediately, let's go to Venus. Bitch, I want to stay on one planet for a while. Um, But, I mean, then again, I've just kind of started, and I did, like, Oh, probably half of the little activities that gives you on New Atlantis when you, you know, in your first hour there. Right. Um, uh, you know, otherwise just kind of moseying my way through it. I know it takes a bit before it really gets good and engaging. So, um, I'm just trying to. Try and get through the beginner part so I can really get into the meat of the good stuff. Did you, have you decided on, like, what type of character you're going to roll? Um, definitely science heavy. Tech. Um. Uh, and I think my, um. Shit, what were the personality perks I chose? <coughs> I know I chose a Doring fan for one of them. Oh, why did you do that? He's he's annoying as hell. Because I could. Um, because everybody says he's annoying, and I'm all about... Um, uh, I'm all about doing what everybody else hates sometimes. But he's a good fetcher. Um, so I went with so I went with hero worship. That's the adoring fan. Um, alien DNA and um, raised enlightened. Okay. So you need to pick one gun skill and kind of stick with it. It took me a, I tried to round out too many gun skills and it took me forever. So like you should pick like pistols, rifles or something like that. Or if you don't know, like pick a, you know, a, a damage type, like projectile or beam weapons or something like that and stick with it. You don't get a lot of beam weapons early on. There's only a couple. Yeah. Um, there's a decent amount of laser weapons early on that you can find. And there's a lot of, projectile weapons early on that little machine pistol that you'll find on like one out of, out of every five pirates is hot garbage and even the really good ones are hot garbage so but if you find yourself kind of gravitating towards one weapon or the other i would just pick one of those and get it most of the way maxed out so that you have decent damage on at least one weapon type um the beam stuff is pretty overkill um gotcha. It just melts armor. But yeah, I think you'll you yeah you can like get as said, much I'm out of that. that far in, so so we'll see uh we'll see how it goes. I've still got a lot of just introductory stuff to get through. 
I'm assuming. Yeah, kind of the way I would say play that is there's going to be a Fuzroda moment that I've said on this show a few times that kind of lets you know what's going on with Constellation. And if you can get to that point, I would do pick a faction to run with and run a faction quest all the way through. Um, if you get stuck on the faction quest, just go and level up. When that means using the Radiant missions, you can use those to level up. You'll also notice, too, that you can literally like land on any planet and then run under direction. You'll discover what symbols there are for facilities. Um, and those are like dungeons, basically. So there's a random generated thing on every map that you land on. So every little section of planet you land on is like five square miles, right? I don't know if that's exact, yeah. but it's about five square kilometers, not miles. I uh, And then you, you kind of get used to what the icons mean on your mini-map for what it is. Um, just going and exploring that stuff um, does net decent gear and experience. <coughs> Don't pick up everything. You're always going to be overburdened if you pick up all the pens and pencils and napkins and all that other stuff. Um, tagging can be kind of a pain. Don't feel like you have to upgrade every single piece of equipment, especially early on, because you get so much of it for so long. Like You just kind of start to figure out what you want to keep and what you don't, um, which can be kind of hard if you're a loot whore. Um, the other thing, too, is playing it on hard versus normal. Um, we'll net you better loot. It'll be a little bit harder, but it's not that much harder, honestly. Um, so you'll get better rolls on weapons, so to speak. Um, all of the, uh, you'll figure out like who's an elite and who's not. So if you just did Mars, I'm assuming you did like an abandoned space station mission before that, right? Uh, no, actually, it's something that came straight from, straight from Constellation, right when you meet um, the leader of Constellation. Yeah. You know, she says she wants to check in with her contact. That was it. I didn't even hit a space station. I just went straight to Mars. Gotcha. So, um, I'll have to go back and look. Um, And see if I missed anything else. It, I've got a, I've got several different missions that that I haven't hit yet that I planned on hitting the, on the way back from Mars or wherever that takes me. So, um, that it gives you a lot of fucking missions right out the right out the gate, especially if you go into the Vanguard shit. So just trying to kind of tackle parts one at a time. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's a very weighty game. Um, there are parts of it that can be really grindy. There are parts that are broken. Um, there are parts that are not as fun as others. There's a lot of content, though. Um, I've just been trying to... Uh, um, round out my gaming experience for the show. Like I played Starfield for almost a solid month. Um, just like I did Baldur's Gate. I put it pretty close. I actually put more time in Starfield because I replayed part of it, uh, up to a new game plus three. Yeah. And it was at that point I was like, okay, I, 
I do want to play this some more, but I really want to play all the other things I need to talk about. So I just kind of shelved it for now. Gotcha. But yeah, so, I mean, I wish I had more to say about it, but I, like I said, I literally just started, so. Um, there's not really much to cover yet. Yeah, I've been, because I've been sick, I've been having a hard time just, like, figuring out what I want to uh, do and then having motivation and energy to do it. Right. When you're not sleeping a lot, like it's not like you're not resting. So there's been a lot of times where I get off work and then just lay down and I can't quite sleep because I'm coughing so much. But, you know, you're trying to just let your body like recollect its energy, which means yeah. you just kind of like lucid dream forever, but don't ever actually hit rim. And so I've been doing a lot of that. But in between, I. So mine's a Moria or return to Moria. That game, um, it's okay. I wanted to see like how it fared versus Valheim. Valheim's definitely better. I'm just gonna say that. What holds back Return to Moria is the combat's just not good. Um, it lacks good weight on the combat. It's really button mashy. Um, and there's a lot of it. The building's fun. The exploration's really fun. The mining song's really fun. I'd like to see them patch the combat. Because that's been everybody's gripe, I think. Even the people like, like, I listen a lot to a guy called ACG Gaming. He said the exact same thing. I was playing it. I was like, what am I missing? I'm going to see what ACG says. <clears throat> and then he was thinking the same thing. Like, he mentioned all the other things. Like, the lore's fantastic. It plays pretty well. Um, the tunneling through the mines is pretty fun. The resource collection and the upgrade system works really good. The combat sucks. Like, the combat is like a D minus, and everything else is a B plus. So it's, like, really hard to rate the game. So, like, in its current state, it's like a three and a half because the combat's a D minus. If we had zero combat, right, and we did all the same things, like, it would be, like, a four, two, five. But with yeah. absolute garbage combat, it, like, just kills it. And I want to like it more, but I'm not having as much fun with all that combat. So I'm sitting here thinking... Well, a lot of people are ripping it on the combat. Maybe they'll go back and fix it. So I just kind of shelved it um, to see what would happen. And then I tried to compare it to Valheim. I was like, I don't remember Valheim having that good of combat. And it doesn't. But what it does have is there's some weight to the combat. And there's a little bit of dancing with the combat. Like it's not just enemy swarm you and just swing, you know, um, just swing all over the place at you, right? Like chaotically. Like there's a little bit of a dance with the uh, creatures that you fight. There's a little, there's a parry system in that game that works really well. Um, there's a role, a really good, well, there's a role in Mines of Moria too, but it's just not that great. Yeah. And uh, like when you hit something, like you can stagger it and then you do double damage when it's staggered. And I was like, okay, well, Valheim is pretty good. Um, everybody likes Valheim that likes any kind of crafting game. So I've played it. A fair amount of Valheim. I like started completely over because there's been a whole bunch of patches since I played it last. I was like, all right, well, Valheim is not going to be new for this year. So I want to finish some stuff this year before I go back to Valheim. So then I picked up Alan Wake too. Gotcha. Um, Alan Wake too. 
Um, I've gotten five and a half hours in. I beat the original Alan Wake like twelve or thirteen years ago. Um, I have. I bought the remastered version for PS Five, but didn't play it. I should have because I really should have just kind of caught myself back up on what was going on with Alan Wake, right? And but the game does a pretty good job of kind of going back to tell the story about what happened. It does follow a similar thing. So if you remember the first game, you'd finish a chapter, right? You'd have a song and you'd see credits. Um, you don't see credits and it's not like on a little TV like Alan Wake was. But they've got a uh, a licensed song that kind of fits with the theme of the, the game um, that plays out at the end of every scene. And so the game saves at that scene and then you've got checkpoints kind of like you did in Ellen Wake 1 where you can like manually save your quick save um, or like Resident Evil. And I will say that it borrows a lot from the old school Resident Evil formula of, you know, instead of being a typewriter, right, it's a thermos, which the thermos I think was carried over from the first game, right? It's like you're sitting yep. down to have a cup of coffee, so that's where you're saving. Right. Um, you have a backpack kind of like Resident Evil, but you don't have to Tetris shit around. Um, you just have sections that everything fits into. Um, that inventory is expandable. You've got these little charms that you can use that help base uh, boost your base stats. Um, it is very much in the realm of survival horror. Um, the first boss, um, I literally got with my last bullet. So I, first of all, let's just say this, like Alan Wake 1 is a spooky game. In no way is that game ever terrifying, really. It's just like a really dark episode of the X-Files. Um, Alan Wake 2 leans a lot harder into the supernatural horror. Um, a, it looks way better. Uh, they do some incredible stuff with the lighting in that game. Um, the sound effects are way better. The stereoscopic sound is really bit good. Like Something I noticed just like playing it is that as the tension builds, your character breathes heavier. And so it adds a layer of tension to the game. Um, they have a few like really like it actually doesn't. This part doesn't actually get me. But they had these jump scare moments where they flash images on the screen sometimes and, you know, make a stinger type noise. Right. Um, and that doesn't really get me like it's supposed to add to the tension. What gets me is just the slow laboring dread of what you're kind of walking into and just how tense the atmosphere is. Um, the enemies themselves aren't that incredibly scary. It's just stuff like that. That's just, it's really, it builds a good sense of dread and it's horrible to play late at night. Cause again, the sound effects are great. Like I said, when you're getting more nervous, the character's breathing heavier, right? And there's no music. It's just the crunch of your boots on the grass or the ground and the labored breathing and occasionally voices kind of shouting out to you or the shadows like just shouting, wake, 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 like just off in the distance or somebody, you hear somebody just singing and everything else is dead silent. You just hear it on the edge of your hearing. You're like, what's that about? Should I check it out or should I not? Just like hearing <laughs> like Jason. Yeah. Not quite like Jason. <laughs> um, but still creating that kind of atmosphere just with a single word. 
Yeah, it, it's doing that, but it's doing a really good job with just like if you know any any time that you're really anxious or kind of scared, right? Like you almost stop breathing and you listen to everything that's going on around you intently. And it knows yeah. you're doing that. And so the only sounds that you hear are the sounds your character is making, period. Like you like the birds in the forest will go quiet. Like everything goes quiet and it's ominous. And it does a really good job of that. Um, so sound design on this game is fantastic. Um, it looks exceptionally good. Um, I'd definitely put it up there with Cyberpunk. Completely different aesthetic. Going for almost hyper-realism mixed with, you know, the supernatural. Um, the... Uh, but yeah, like the, when I really realized it was survival horror was I'm going up against a boss, the very first boss, and I won't describe what it is, but like you're running around and this guy keeps kind of popping in and you keep shooting him and keep trying to stun him with your flashlight. And I'm looking at my ammo and I've got a shotgun and I've got a pistol and I just run out of pistol shots. So it's like, all right, I'm going to use my shotgun and do my best. And I've got almost no batteries left, so I'm going to save that for when I need it. Like, really need it. And uh, run into this guy, and I'm like, shit, I'm out of ammo. And I go running around in this area, and then I find a container, open the container, and it gives you a handful more shells. I got four I got four shells. That was all I got. And then, like, one battery. So it's – and then I was reading around, like, on Reddit and stuff like that. And when you run out of ammo, it makes the loot containers spawn just a little bit more. Just a little bit more, Right. So it gives you just a little bit more to complete the objective. So when I fought him, I missed one of my shots and landed the other three shots and killed the fucker. Um, and then I was out of ammo. And then when I got out of that scene, it was in scene. Things happen. Next day happens. Go to this area. I'm trying not to despoil anything. And then I find a container in the area that I came into next that had a few more items. And then did a little bit of digging around in the area I was in and found a few more items. And so I kind of stocked back up, so to speak. Um, and then I had the option of, like, explore this area or go back to um, town and complete. So I was like, optional, of course. I'm going to go explore. Um, go and explore some more. And found a few more puzzles. There's these really weird puzzles with these dolls. Um, there's a lot of tie-in with Control and the Federal Bureau of Control. Right. Lots of references to it. Um, in fact, I'm like some of the puzzles have to deal with experiments. The FBC has been doing in this area in Bright Falls. Um, so that's really neat. Um, I really like that kind of tie in. Obviously, tie ins with the original Alan Wake. Um, and supposedly there's some uh, tie ins with Quantum Break as well. So Remedy's trying to tie all their worlds together. But uh, what I'm guessing is, is that the area around the lake in Bright Lake, um, there's some experiments going on from the FBC, which is causing some of these issues. So, I mean, you kind of got that feeling from a lot of the uh, um, visions and backstory that you played through in Control. Yeah, there's some really. There is if some. If you new pay close attention to the fact that that was Bright Lake for the most part. I, I wouldn't play this in front of kids. There are some parts of this game that are incredibly in, intensely gory, um, as well as a uh, dead naked man. 
complete with twig and berries um, at the very beginning of the game. So nice. Um, it's definitely not for something to have kids watch you play. I th- I think it's nightmare inducing. A, um, but B, like just it's a lot of really mature themes, right? Like I'm at a point where I'm trying to figure out is this a, you know, I guess I don't want to spoil it. But anyways, like the FBI is kind of looking into this. The only thing I thought was kind of corny about the whole thing is like the FBI buys into the whole supernatural side of this like way too quickly. Um, I thought that that would be it would take some convincing to convince the FBI that there's something supernatural. But no, this is like Scully and Mulder, basically. And uh, they they just buy in hook like and a sinker like almost immediately. <coughs> That's uh, strange. Yeah. If you remember, I think, so you remember there was kind of like this whole mind palace thing that happened in um, Control, right? Yep. So they bring that back and what they do, so you bounce back and forth between Alan Wake and uh, the the FBI inspector. I can't remember her name. But um, you bounce back and forth between those two. And the... Uh, um. They So the inspector, the game doesn't pause, but if you get in a light, you're like in a safe area, or if you get in a safe point, you're in a safe area as long as you don't fire out of it. Um, you can go into your mind palace, which for her is a cabin. <coughs> Sorry, throat's getting dry. Um, so that her mind palace is a cabin with a, with a like case board behind her. And as you discover new clues, you decide if it goes in a new case. And if it goes in a new case, you tie those clues together to kind of bring the story together. Well, with Alan Wake, he also has something like that. Um, But he actively rewrites scenes. So he runs into a scene while he's investigating. And then he ties the story into a different motif. And it changes things around for the scene completely. It's weird. Um, I mean, the first game kind of did some of that to an extent, right? It's it's pretty cool. Um, shadow creatures are the same as they were in the first game. There's a lot of that. And then there's some otherworldly creatures. And honestly, the creature I'm scared of the most, which is stupid, is the fucking wolf. There's a like a, you know, a spirit wolf thing. That thing's hard to shoot. And it does crazy amounts of damage. And they just kind of come out of nowhere. You hear the howls and then you get a wolf that comes at you and he kind of circles you and then charges in and bites you and he does a fuckload of damage. And he's really hard to hit unless you have a shotgun. And the pistol takes like four or five shots to kill this stupid thing. And the shotgun, it just takes two. But it's uh, it moves so erratically, it's hard to hit. Whereas the shadows, they're really hard to see. Like it does this other thing too, like kind of going back into this. Again, I'm only about five hours in. But when you're fighting the shadows, you'll see them materialize right in front of you. And they don't always attack you. And so it's kind of hard to tell if you need to fight them or not. Some of them you can just shine your flashlight on and they burn away. Now, you got to use the action to use a charge of your flashlight to do so. But that'll get rid of them. And then some of them, when you burn it away, it's a specter that has a weapon that will do damage to you. That kind of like does this weird teleport thing to get close to you and then kill you. And so you're always kind of playing this game of, do I like just sprint past these and like do a ninja roll 
And if one of these is active, they'll attack me. And I think from what I can tell is they don't always attack you because they don't always know you're there. Um, so, and then some of them are just not violent. So it's like you could be a scaredy cat and burn them all away or just take the risk. And I'm trying to just take the risk and only attack them when they seem violent, which is also kind of unnerving. Um, but it makes the most sense to save my batteries to do that. Gotcha. But back to my original point, I don't think you ever get to a point where you're so screwed that you can't recover in that anytime I've ran completely out of ammo, I've been able to just search a loot box. You know, there'll be an item there that's interactable, a desk drawer or a locker or something like that. And in, in there would be a few pistol rounds or a few shotgun shells or whatever. So that part's pretty neat. Um, it just wants to keep you on your toes and it wants you to not just have a full s surplus of items. It wants you to use your stuff um, frugally and, and tactically. But it is, it is an unner unnerving game. Um, it is. I can play for about 30 minutes at a time, maybe an hour. I, I'm not like Trent who played this nonstop for like three days and beat it. <clears throat> but so far, um, I'm working my way through that. I'll be done before the end of the year. Um, and after I edit, like, I've got like 3,000 more photos to go through. So that's been my experience. <laughs> did we have anything else that we did this week? Nice. Uh, no, I had a fairly busy week. You know, by evidence of the fact that I only got like eight hours into Starfield. Um, so uh, I didn't really, I didn't have time to play anything different or, or do much more than that. Um, about the, about the most exciting, exciting thing that happened was taking the kids trick or treating Tuesday night and nobody wants to hear about that. Well, yeah. I mean, everybody's got kids did that, right? Yep, pretty much. Which, you know, I got to thinking about it more and more, and I, <coughs> I seem to remember now. This is, um, this is just me, but like, if if Halloween fell during the school week, I remember back when I was a kid, like trick or treating on the. Saturday or the Sunday closest to um to Halloween. But instead we kept our kids up until way too late. Um Yeah, and that's just that's how it happens nowadays, I guess. Yeah, I didn't do jack squat for it. I had all the intentions of going out and doing the things and stuff <coughs> on, <coughs> you know, the uh, the uh, Halloween weekend. Um, had lots of things lined up. I wasn't going to actually dress up, but I was going to go out and, you know, just mingle with the people and have some fun, drink a few beers, and just got sick. And then, like, coincidentally, like, my buddy Casey, who's been on the show, was like, hey, so I canceled my thing because it's raining, but you can go out with us if you want because we're totally going out. And he never goes out. And I was like, man, I really want to go out. So I've been super bummed about that. But regardless, 
Um, yeah. Why don't we why don't we take a quick break and then we'll come back and do news. All right. Sounds good. We'll be back. And we're back. Been kind of digging around for news. Um, there's like really big news pieces, but not a lot of small news pieces, which is maybe a little different than what we're used to. Um, one of the big things is the uh, so Bungie's had a lot of layoffs recently. Uh, most recent expansion did not generate the revenue they want or the have the staying power they wanted. And so there's a 45% miss in projected revenue, which has caused some pretty serious layoffs. Um, there is a uh, a new update that they have that's um, that they've been working on that they think is ready, but they don't think is quite ready. And so they're having to delay it because they want to use it to kind of turn everything around. But it's called the final shape. Uh, they want it to be as good, if not better, than Forsaken or the Taken King. So they say they have pretty good feedback on it, but it's not where they want it to be. Um, so they're just going to continue to push that until they get where they need to be. Um, but they have laid off a fair amount of people. Yeah. And what Destiny's been around since, like, what, 2014 or something like that? Uh, yeah, the original Destiny. Um, shit, that came out, yeah, 2014. Yeah, so, like, they've had this whole 10-year plan or 20-year plan for Destiny. And I got burned out, like, no lie. I've been burned out for a long time. Um, so I just haven't even touched it. Um, but there's still been quite a few people that have, but I just... It's way grindier than a lot of other I mean, MMOs. I mean, Destiny 2 came out in 2017, dude. Right, so six years ago. Yeah. I just never felt like the expansions were... in that cow for everything they could. Well, when you got, like, sub-10 dungeons, right? Like, how long can you play that? And... There wasn't enough variety, and I could be completely wrong. Like, I just got burned out and stopped playing it, right? So, and didn't have a lot of want to go back to it, because, A, I have a hard enough time getting people to play any kind of multiplayer, and I just hate playing multiplayer with people I don't know. So, for instance, I've got Dark Tide. I pretty much only play it when you guys play it, which is not real often, right? And Yeah. I mean, there for a while, we did a lot because Rusty was super into it. Yeah, but we just he was still in school, so you know, he is pretty much available whenever whenever we want wanted to go run a raid or whatever, right? So Yeah, when we were playing Destiny. Um, but that's been years at this point. Right? Yep. We haven't we haven't done that stuff in a while. So you know, it's uh it is what it is. Right, there's not 
I guess we'll just see what the future of the company has. Like maybe they pull out of this and they start, um, start doing something new. I know they got marathon coming out. Like hopefully that helps them out a little bit. Um, but I don't know. Um, there was an announcement for at this point. I don't have a whole lot of hope for marathon. So it's me another multiplayer thing. I mean, we'll see, but yeah. What, what did you have? Um, so pretty big, pretty big news story here. Um, Microsoft this last week, um, has pushed a, has begun pushing updates to to the Xbox, banning third-party Xbox controllers and accessories that aren't part of the Design for Xbox hardware partner program, um, which has basically uh, made uh, different third-party controllers, as well as several additional, third-party adapters that allowed you to use mouse and keyboard as a controller. Um, oh, yeah, I saw this story. To, uh, to not work completely and those people getting notifications on their Xbox that, they're, that they've plugged in an um, unauthorized accessory. Right. Um. So I mean that that's pretty big because the third party market for that stuff's pretty large. It is, um, especially the fighting game stuff, and then if you think like any flight sim stuff, right? Yep. And granted, I understand part of why they're doing it. Right? They're they're trying to uh, block different uh, different devices that could be. Uh, seen as a cheat uh like one of the most popular ones uh uh is called uh chronos zen basically it's a it's a device you plug in um with a mouse and keyboard and again instead of a controller uh that lengthens lag um on the mouse just slightly to fold the system um but as you know i mean mouse can be far more accurate in shooters than a controller can be right um uh, so they're uh so it's just different equipment like that that they're trying to keep from functioning and cut down on quote cheating um but I mean, it's still that that could be a pretty good hit to the industry. Um, Microsoft did say they're they're working to uh, to expand the amount of uh, companies and products that are included in that design for Xbox program. But I mean, realistically, how much are third party companies going to pay to? to Microsoft to get their equipment on that list, right? Because that's basically what it is. You're you're paying Microsoft to certify your equipment. Right. Um so we'll we'll see where this new policy leads in the future, but 
for now, that's a pretty big immediate hit to some of these companies. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say the, uh, there's some rumbling going around that, um, Max Payne one and two remakes are ready for production. According to remedy, that doesn't necessarily mean they're working on it right now. Um, but, uh, there is a report on their financials that shows that, uh, Max Payne one and two have entered a production phase. So I guess that does mean that it's being worked on. Those games are pretty old. So I'm interested yeah. to see what they do that. I, you know, the, those games is the first one was way ahead of its time as far as, um, <laughs> a lot of the mechanics that they created for that game, etc. So I would be, that's actually one game I would really be interested to see updated in a modern engine and see if they could do it without screwing up all of the bullet time mechanics that were so good in the, uh, in the first two games. I will say I played, um, Max Payne three and never really liked it as much. Cause I felt like they kind of, uh messed up uh uh the mechanic and whatever new engine they were using um so i i would hope that they can do it and get it done right this time if they did move forward with it there was uh so Liza P is Gonna get some DLC and is supposed to have a pretty big patch that comes out in November to help with tuning the game a little bit. Um, it's also been not just rumored but said by the game's director that they're going to go ahead and make a sequel to it. Apparently, oh, wow. it, did, it did pretty well. Um, I would agree, it's a pretty good game. Um, I literally just need to finish the last level and I just haven't been in a Souls type mood. Um, speaking of that kind of stuff, um, Lords of the Fallen came out and wasn't running real well on PC. So I ended up putting that off for this month <clears throat> to uh, just wait to see if it improves with getting fixed or not. Got really burned with uh, Star Wars, um, meaning both after it not getting patched, not it getting patched, not getting patched. So I'm kind of wanting to make sure the next major purchase I have is a game that's not broken. Agreed. Um, there was something that happened um, at one of the gaming tournaments. So in one of the gaming tournaments, I don't know if you saw this, Jason, but somebody was playing a naked Chun-Li um, with a mod. And I guess forgot to turn the mod off when they were streaming the fighting tournament. Oh, wow. So that happened. Um, and then there's been a lot of people making mods for like Resident Evil and all sorts of other games. Um they're trying to ban mod support for their games right now because they're offen they're worried that mods offensive to public order and morals will tarnish the rip of their PC games. And uh, this is even with uh, Thomas, the tank engine mount modded into uh, resident evil four um, instead of uh, the uh, lady Dimitrescu. So basically <laughs> they're, you know, their nemesis monster. And Thomas yeah. the Tank Engine has been in many games as a troll. 
Um, it started with Skyrim, and it's been freaking Fallout and everything else. Um, but they're trying to uh, tackle mod support for their games, which is goofy. Um, I can understand. I would say zero mods in anything tournament, tournament play. Um, because to me, any kind of advantage or gain that you get in a tournament's play is not fair. Um, I absolutely agree with that. But, you know, some of these mods are literally just performance fixes, so I don't understand what the... I don't know. Then you get off their high horse, because it's not like they've produced... They've produced some quality, but literally all Capcom's been doing for the last couple of years is re-releasing old games. Um, and a handful of new games. But mostly old games. They're just beating that Resident Evil franchise into the ground. Um, it might be good, but I'm sick of remakes. I, I want fresh fresh games. Oh, Resident Evil and uh, um, what's well, they, the they did. Dead Rising. Right. Well, they haven't done a remake for Dead Rising. Um... But they did Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, and Resident Evil 4 in the last two years. Um, they're all good remakes. Like, don't get me wrong. But I want to play new games, right? Like, I have some nostalgic for that. But, you know, and I know they made the controls better for 2. Like, that's great. It looks way better than it ever did. Like, a hundred times better. It's a great looking game. It's a remake with old systems of gameplay, not a lot improved yeah. on it. And those old systems of gameplay with resident evil just don't resonate with me the same way they did when I was a teenager. So I don't know, just my two cents on that whole, whole fiasco. Um, I don't have a whole lot else. Is there anything that really stood out to you? As far as an actual news story that's not just some rumor or update on something we already knew about, no. Nothing that really caught my eye. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get out of here and go play games. Woohoo! All right. Well, then find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash tiltcast. Our YouTube channels, youtube.com slash real tiltcast, and search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find some friends of the show you've got for the love of gaming. You've got bmfcast.com and tvgp.tv. They love RPGs. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace.